Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Can you see me? Yeah, can you hear me? Am I on? Wonderful. I got a, I got a thumbs up from Malia. That's a good thing. Let me put my stole on. It's actually cool enough. I'm, I'm still going to sweat quite profusely. Yeah. But I, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe we'll luck out today, right, Maddie? Okay. Uh, first of all, um, thanks for joining us. And those of us at, that are listening to the podcast, today's going to be uh, a communion Sunday. It's the first Sunday of the month. So make sure you have your elements ready. And for those of us gathered here at this drive-in service, make sure you have those little pods that have the bread and the cup. Um, yesterday, we gathered from 1 to 4 at the family affair safely out here on the lawn, and we painted pottery, and fun was had by all. So round of applause. Thank you for all your effort, the Byrne family. Uh, thank you for everybody that, Nora Anderson, all those folks that were just working tirelessly. That was a lot of Christmas cheer uh, in a much-needed time. Amen. Amen. A couple people said it. I like that. Um, Our worship team, our worship committee, has been making every effort to have every every week something experiential. Um, I hope. uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Did you happen to smell your bulletins last week? (laughs) I was. I was supposed to say, "Let's smell your bulletins," because they had all been sprayed with pine. And that was a, that was, you know, that was kind of an epic fail once again on J-Dog's part. But this week, um, you got some cake. Hopefully you got some cake coming in. And I, that's the taste, I guess. I don't know. Come and taste the Lord. That's wonderful. But it has to do with the 60th anniversary. And that's a shout out and a thank you to the Atkins family. But also, yeah, they, that in that 60th anniversary committee, they put in the mail... I don't know how many, but an ornament. And uh, I hopefully you get that or have received that. I received ours on Saturday, I think. So it was kind of perfect timing right there. Beautiful, beautiful ornament. Um, I said it's communion. That's wonderful. I thought it fitting since this is the anniversary of our 60th year gathering as this local outpost of God's kingdom called the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant we would sing happy birthday to ourselves. Uh, so, uh, who's going to start? I guess I'm going to start. I'm right here. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to us. Sorry about the first one. Happy birthday, dear us. Happy birthday to us. I say us because... Uh, <laughs> woo! More than ever. I said us because more than ever we need to be reminded that we are the church. This building I stand on is simply a location. Look to your right, look to your left. Even though they have masks on. That's, that's the church. We're the church. So um, let's continue in worship. Let's hear Christmas traditions of our past from Kathy Byrne. Good morning. Matthew twenty five forty nine says, I tell you the truth, whatever you do for one of the least of my brothers, you do for me. In researching covenant calls to find out how our church celebrated Christmas 60 years ago, I found that the first Sunday of December was the Sunday they celebrated the anniversary of the church, regardless of what the actual date was for that first Sunday, just as we are doing for this week. They also held a family night dinner that weekend, which was a little different each week depending on the organizers. The dinners ranged from a potluck to a complete sit-down dinner served by the youth for the whopping price of 75 cents for adults and 35 cents for children. The organizers started a tradition of asking the congregation to bring a white gift to be donated to a local charity. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of a white gift, 
but I could only equate it with a white elephant gift, which did not seem like a good thing to donate to a charity. So I went to the source where I find all of my information. According to Google, the tradition of the white gift started in 1904 when a minister's wife initiated the idea to solve the problem of the inequality of gifts given at, I'm sorry, the inequity of gifts given at the Sunday school Christmas party. Instead of focusing on receiving gifts, the focus shifted to bringing gifts to Jesus that could be in turn shared with local charities for people in need. All the gifts would come wrapped in plain white paper so that no one would know which one was an expensive gift and which one was a more modest gift. No one would feel ashamed of their gift and everyone would share in the joy of giving to others. By starting this tradition, our earliest members set an example for all future PCC members to share our gifts with others during the Christmas season and taking care of the least of our brothers. Good morning. I'm Elaine Olson. I'm here with my son Kirk, his wife Sherry, and their son Chandler. I've been attending this congregation since I moved to Southern California a little over a year ago. And I'm happy to be with this group. The ancient Hebrew concept of peace, rooted in the word shalom, means wholeness, completeness, soundness, health, safety, and prosperity, carrying with it the implications of permanence. We light this candle, the candle of peace, as the sign of the coming light of Christ, as the Lord has promised in days to come. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling will lie down together, and a little child shall lead them. Let us worship Jesus Christ, who gives us peace beyond understanding by singing, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing.
Good morning. Today is the second Sunday in Advent. Advent is the weeks before Christmas, just time we spend waiting for Jesus' birthday. We've already waited one week, so one week down, and just a few more weeks to go. Advent is a time of waiting. It is also a time of preparation, or getting ready for Christmas. During Advent, we prepare our church, our homes, and our hearts for the coming of Jesus. During Advent, we prepare our church for Christmas. We also get our homes ready for Christmas, don't we? So when I get home today after church, I'll be adding those finishing touches to our decorations, and it will show everyone who virtually pops in <laughs> that Christmas is coming. Sometime during Advent, many people will set up and decorate a Christmas tree. If you drive around town after dark, you can already see lots of pretty Christmas lights shining brightly. During Advent, we prepare our homes for Christmas. But the most important preparations we need to make during Advent is getting our hearts ready to welcome Jesus. So how do we prepare our hearts? We sing special songs during Advent. We listen to the words of the hymns sung in church and listen to the stories of baby Jesus in Sunday school. And you'll see that this, they speak of hope and promise and that Jesus coming into the world. We can prepare our hearts by sharing with people in need. We can get ready by showing kindness to others. We can also prepare our hearts through prayer. So let's prepare our hearts for Christmas by praying together now. Dear God, we thank you for the special time of waiting and preparation. Help us to prepare our church, our homes, and most especially our hearts to welcome Jesus this Christmas and every day. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite children and youth to Sunday school. Thank you. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Standing on our saving faith in Jesus Christ, in penitence let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from our offenses and deliver us from our proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. Know that God is gracious and just and forgives all who repent and turn from their sin. Because Christ sits at God's right hand and intercedes for us, we do have the assurance that we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
everybody go home. I'm just kidding. Second week of Advent. Peace. Thank you so much um, Olson family. As uh, they were doing the candle I was remembering they showed up the, at the same time I did and I kind of I just feel like that's it. I don't know. I, I just thank you for saying yes and thank you for uh, participating in the worship service this morning. Um, Advent, like we said last year, or last week, and we said last year, and we probably said it a couple times other than that, uh, it's the arrival, we, you know, like the advent of the wheel, the arrival of the wheel. We're looking forward to Jesus' second arrival, 
where he comes as triumphant king. And we also were pausing and we're celebrating and looking back at his first arrival where he showed up in the form of a baby, a humble king, almost an oxymoron. How can you be humble and a king? But God said that's the way he wants to do it, and that's the way he did it. And he's calling all of us this morning to humbly wait. Anywho, let's get to the scripture. We're studying this morning Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. And I will read this text. In the beginning of the good... No, not in the beginning. That's, uh, that's John's first beginning. That's John's beginning. Here you go. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going to, out to him and were baptized by him in the, in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful Spirit, I pray that you would proclaim your truth through me this morning and I pray that all of my ideas would fall to the floor and all of your truths would penetrate the hardest of hearts and change us forever. And all of God's people said, Amen. I gotta be brief because this is a communion Sunday and we gotta, we gotta keep, keep our feet on the, on the pedal. So I got three things to say. First of all, Mark, he opens his gospel and he hits the ground running. He says what this, what this is about, where he's going, and why you should read this all in that first sentence. The first, this one commentator said, the first verse of Mark's gospel functions as the title of the entire work. And, this, and, and his work, it starts with a voice off stage. This is the beginning of the good news. But every beginning is a consequence. Do you remember that song, uh, Closing Time? Anybody who was a child of, like, around my age, there was this song, I forget the name of it, it was a one-hit wonder song. And... The, Closing time. I don't even remember the lyrics, but I remember right at the other, right, right at the end of the song, he says, "Every new beginning is, comes from some other beginnings end," and it just it, it fades off in the silence, and you're just haunted with that truth, and that's true right there. That whatever band that was, they were proclaiming truth. And that Mark, the gospel of, starts with that. These words from Isaiah. When I was a kid, uh, I have an older brother. His name's Chuck. And he's two years older than me. And we would do crazy. Um, we were very influenced by film. Uh, I remember we would watch Karate Kid together. And at the end, well, actually... My mom would always make fun of us because every time somebody would get hurt BMXing or biking, we would go like Miyagi, you know, and try and heal each other. And then, and then at the end of watching Karate Kid, and I don't know how, 
I don't know. I didn't read many books until I was in college, but uh, we were watching a lot of movies. I don't know how many times I've seen Cry Kid, but I remember doing the crane technique on anything I could climb on top of, and my brother would do the same thing. Um, anybody Star Trek fans? We've got, got a couple of Trekkies, or Trekkers, depending on what year you started being a fan. Um, Wrath of Khan, right? At the end of Wrath of Khan, Spock sacrifices his life, and he does a Vulcan, Vulcan mind meld. And he can't do it with his best friend, Jim, Captain Jim Kirk, James T., please. But he does it with Doc, remember? Doc McCoy. And what's he do? Does anybody remember? He puts his hand on his face. And he says, remember. And in doing that, he gives all of his memories to, the, to this Dr. McCoy. And the next one, they have to get it out of him by going back to this home planet. I don't remember the story of that. Wrath of Khan is the best one, by the way. P.S. That's my opinion. My only my opinion. Um... Gospel of Mark. John the Baptist is, is here before us this morning. And he's reaching out and he's, he's touching us and grabbing our face and saying, remember. Remember. Many people say that you can, you can sum up all of the Old Testament with that one word, remember. Remember that God loves you. Remember that God made you. Remember that there's a plan, and it's God's plan. Remember that God is not surprised by any of this. Remember, he can take your biggest troubles. He can take your biggest pains. And he has already paid for your biggest sins. Remember, he is for you, not against you. Remember, he can hold you when no one or no being other than him can. We got a tow truck. Hopefully somebody's getting towed. Tow that one. Tow, uh, where's, where's Mark Lackey? Don't, no, I'm just, just kidding. Don't tell that guy. I'm just kidding. He's probably fixing a battery or something. Anyway, I don't know why there's a tow truck. Welcome, Mr. Tow Man. <laughs> My second thing I was going to say is remember. And it's interesting. That's what, that was the children's message. Actually, the children's message is the third one. The third thing I'm going to say. What's the third thing I'm going to say? He says, wake, it, wake up and straighten up. He quotes Isaiah and he says, remember, this has all been a part of the plan. And everybody was looking back and looking forward to this Messiah, but they never thought he would come in the form of a baby. They never thought he would come in the, in the form of a humble servant. Showing the way forward isn't to conquer, but it's to love, and it's to lay down one's life, and it's to serve, and it's not to, not to win. Notice he says this every time you read John the Baptist, I don't care how holy you think you are, or how together you think you are. Every time you read Anything that John the Baptist say, you should shake a little bit. You should be concerned a little bit. His main call is to look at yourself in the mirror and don't, don't cover it up with makeup. Don't cover it up with anything false. Don't cover it up with anything good you've done. Who, look at your soul. Look at who you really are. Look at what is driving you most days. And use the scriptures to do so. I read in N.T. Wright's commentary, he says, In Britain, it's a standard joke that wherever the queen goes, she smells fresh paint. <laughs> right? You, you, know, you follow that? 
and he says in his British way, each individual within Israel needed to smarten up. I like British people. Pause for a second. That was just another opinion of mine. Prepare your heart for the coming king this year anew. I think we're at a little bit of an advantage just because everything is so different. This is set to be like a, a Christmas we've never experienced before, maybe never will again. I think God has us in a corner and he's, he's teaching us stuff. Smarten up. Listen up. Don't just glance over stuff. Do some true soul searching. Find out anew what it means that God sent his son for you and I. How do we apply this? First of all, is it good news? I, I, I don't think... I think every time you come to this time of year, we come into Advent, we need to go back to that little boy, little girl, younger us's, and ask the question, is Jesus coming really good news? Is it? If the answer is yes, good news is catalytic. Good news, it spreads, it's joy. It's interesting, I was studying scripture with uh, a men on Monday night, and, I, and we were studying in the Gospel of Luke a call where Jesus says, you know, what's in your heart comes out of you. And I was definitely like challenged to put way more joy in my heart. And then I last minute read the Advent devotional that the, the worship committee has given to everybody. A little plug for that. Make sure you get one of those things because they, they got some valuable stuff. But it was Henry Nouwen talking about having a heart full of hope. First application Read your scriptures and fill your, fill your minds, fill your hearts, fill your lives with hope and joy. More than ever, we can choose what goes in. Remember. I, I never finished that story because Chuck would... <laughs> Chuck would sometimes wake me up like that. Well, he had two ways of waking me up. He named his big toe Uchi Buchi, and he would, wake, he would wake me up with his face. Like, he would put his toe in my face and say, Uchi Buchi loves you. That's what, anybody with an older brother understands that. But the other one, he would come, and he would put his face, he would put his hand on my face, and he would go, remember. Remember. I feel like we should do that for one. I don't know. I don't know if we're not supposed to touch each other's faces, but we, we'll probably get arrested by Newsom or something like that. But maybe within our families, within our families, put your hands on each other and, and finish the sentence. Remember, God loves you. Remember, you're not alone. Remember, it's going to be all right. Remember, I love you. I think a lot, of the, a lot of people within the Sound of My Voice podcast included need to tell people that are in their lives they love them. We're followers of Jesus. We're marked by our love. And yet we have children that don't know we love them. 
What is going on? Flip the script. Put your hand on your child's face sometime today and tell them you love them. And then look at yourself. And that's another call back to Scripture. When's the last time you got up a little earlier just to spend some time listening to God, talking to God? When's the last time you put a pause in whatever you're doing? One for a walk around the block, maybe put a face mask on and just ask God to show up in your life. New this year at Christmas. And especially later in this service. Look at yourself. Remember. And remember that as we gather around this table. It's a foreshadowing. Where we will gather around the table. In Jesus, our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords. Will pass the cup. And break the bread. Amen. That's my sermon. I now need to tell you something about offering. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being amazing stewards and giving so generously. Last couple weeks, we've come, our tithes and offerings have totaled $14,790. That's, that's epic. The, you guys give day in and day out, and it's not only with your tithes and offering, it's with your time. I was so blessed yesterday, like I said, just to gather and make paint some pot pottery. <laughs> I was the only, not <laughs> so giggling, it was me and Patty Ernst were the only adults. That's a blessed but, day, right? Yeah. <laughs> he started laughing before I could finish pottery. <laughs> Where is your head at? I love that guy. <laughs> he sounds beautiful too. Round of applause for Danny. We are, I haven't, uh, I don't think we've, yeah, we haven't applauded that dude in the longest time. I'm so grateful for the God for this dude. Uh, yeah, anyway, um, so enough talking. I think that's, I think that's what Danny was saying. Um, but this morning's tithes and offerings are now received. If you are at home listening on the podcast, please send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And if you're here, please leave them in the offering plates on your way out. Um, let's give back to God his tithes, our offerings.
My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. Advent is a time of waiting. And even though Jesus was born many years ago, each year we have the opportunity to again anticipate with wonder his birth. As we approach the communion table, it has even more meaning during this Advent time because we celebrate the why of his coming. He was born to give his life for us. And so we come to this table with thanksgiving to God for his indescribable gift. The table is set. Christ is present, you are invited to the table. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be Presbyterian. All you need is to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. Come to the table. Will you pray with me? You are holy, O God of majesty. And blessed is Jesus Christ, your Son. You sent him into our world to bring freedom to the captives of sin and to establish justice for the oppressed. He came among us as one of us, taking the lot of the poor, sharing human suffering, dying an unjust death. We rejoice that in his dying and rising again, you set before us the sure promise of new life, the certain hope of a heavenly home where we will sit at table with Christ, our host. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising 
as we await the day of his coming. With thanksgiving, we offer our very selves to you to be a living and holy sacrifice dedicated to your service. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and blood of Christ. May we be with one, with all who share this feast. Fill us with gratitude overflowing that we may share life and love in praise to you, God of all ages. As this bread we take is Christ's body for us, send us out to be the body of Christ in the world. In the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We give thanks that on the night of his arrest, Jesus gathered with his followers and he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, and do so in remembrance of me. So remove the little wafer from your pod. Take and eat. In the same way, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink this, do it in remembrance of me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Take, drink, in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Gracious and abundant God, even as we wait for the fulfillment of your creation, you meet us in Christ at this table, in this meal. We thank you for feeding us with the bread of life and quenching us with the cup of salvation. Now send us out into the world by the power of your Holy Spirit to share your life and your salvation with all whom we meet. Amen. And now, would you stand and receive this morning's benediction if you're so able? And once again, happy birthday to us. Also, make sure you get some cake. And if there's any leftovers, I want at least one piece. Uh, but now... May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Would you sing this together? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts 
As we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory 